an honor. Is this thing working? It's an honor to be here with you guys, and uh, welcome to 2012. If uh, any of you are here back in September, I came to visit. I had a group of men that were coming up to uh, do a couple days on the Appalachian Trail, and Steve invited me to come spend a day with them and uh, took me fishing with his dad. And if any of you are here, you probably remember that he prayed, asked you to pray, that he could catch more fish than I did on this fishing trip. And uh, I hope that he gave you the report to that. Knowing Steve, he probably didn't, but he didn't catch any fish, and I caught two fish, and that was the only time that we fished together in 2011, so I won the fishing championship for 2011. And for Steve, that is just painful, okay? Uh, any of you that really know him know him that he is extremely competitive, and that is a painful thing, and so that's why I wanted to point that out to start 2012, Okay. So I'm glad you guys are here this morning. I want to kind of begin this morning by asking you two of my favorite words in this little question. What if? What if? I, I, find, myself, uh, I find myself driving in the car uh, about a month ago with my boys, and uh, I've got two boys, Andrew's nine and Will is seven. And Will had this profound moment, and he said, we were driving, uh, uh, I, I think it was like a long trip. We were going to my parents' house. They live in Birmingham. And... Uh, and we were driving on this trip, and Will was tired of driving, clearly. And uh, so my seven-year-old says, what if we could just snap our fingers and be there? You know, what if just amazing things could happen? What if I could just snap my fingers and we'd be there, and we wouldn't have to go through this long trip? In the same conversation, he, he started, he kind of got on this what-if role. He said, what if, Daddy, what if, and you've probably heard this one before, what if vegetables could taste like candy. What if vegetables could taste like candy? Then I would be like yelling at you and Mama all the time, can I have some more broccoli, please? I need some more broccoli. Please give me more broccoli. And what if? And so it's amazing to see a child's mind running off on the what if questions. And so what I want to propose to you before this morning, what if 2012 could be your best spiritual year of your life? What if? Right? What if 2012 could be the best spiritual year of your life? And that's part of what we're going to talk about this morning. Do you know that that plan is a resolution that I'm challenging you to, and that plan is very much something, a ball that is in your court? Because I can tell you right now that Jesus desires for 2012 and for you to live as though 2012 should be the best spiritual year of your life. So it's not a matter of whether or not God intends or God desires for you to live desiring for 2012 to be the best spiritual year of your life. It's whether or not you are interested and are willing to live up to the challenge, the resolution, to have 2012 be the best spiritual year of your life. Right? Before, we kind of, before I get in and really start preaching and run out of time... Let me just give you a couple little healthy things about resolutions. Whether it's losing 10 pounds, whether it's exercising, whatever your other resolutions are, I challenge you to put this one that we're discussing this morning first. But let me just give you a practical, helpful tip for resolutions. Because, as you know, the ongoing joke every year with resolutions is, you know, they last a few weeks and then, you know, you kind of fall off the bandwagon, you lost 2 pounds and you wanted to lose 10, and but you are pleased with the 2. Here's the reality. Is that... In every resolution, there is something that you become aware of. Wow, I gained 10 pounds over the holidays. I want to lose that 10 pounds. Then there becomes a plan. So there's an awareness of something. Then there's a plan. 
And most of us stop there with our resolutions. That we, we become aware, okay, I've gained 10 pounds. Please quit looking at my belly. Then we come up with a plan and we say, okay, well then I'm going to start running every morning or three days a week and I'm going to start watching what I eat and all this. And you have a plan. And most of us go there. And we move ahead with our resolution and it lasts a couple weeks. Why do they always last a couple weeks? Resolutions are like a stool. This is the freebie this morning. They're like a stool. If you just have awareness and you have a plan, then it's like a two-legged stool. It can balance itself there for a second. But if you add a third leg of the stool to this thing, then your resolution can have a lasting change. And so if you want lasting change in your life, you need all three legs of a stool. You need awareness of what needs to take place. You need a plan of how that's going to take place. And you need accountability. Friends, 2012 will not be the best spiritual year of your life without community without accountability that comes from people that love you and that see things in you and are, willingly, are willing to love you to change and willing to love you to the things that God is inviting you to bring to Him in worship. The Scripture that we're going to look at this morning is Romans chapter 12, verse 1. You can follow along on the screens with me there. Paul's speaking here. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Your spiritual act of worship is to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Is singing songs on Sunday morning your spiritual act of worship? If that is solely your spiritual act of worship, then you've got a lot of improvement opportunity for 2012 of what worship is. And that's what we're going to dive into this morning, is that worship is an offering of yourself. Anybody of you know any, the difference between you know, making a, a, a contribution, your tithe, to a church and any other nonprofit organization? or charitable organization. Do you know the difference between those two things? In giving finances to a church or your church or giving finances to another nonprofit or or charitable organization? The difference is making a contribution to another nonprofit or charitable organization is just that. It's making a contribution. Most of the time, it is left at making a contribution of something that you see, something that you like, something that you want to support and see continue to take place. The difference when it comes to a church is that it's not a contribution that you're making. It's an offering. It's an offering to God. And as I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor of discipleship at, at Crossroad Church, and as I'm involved with people and they have an issue, they have a problem, they have a hard time with, with giving finances or they have a hard time with their finances and giving to the church or paying a tithe or something like this, and Steve didn't pay me to say this. I get to say this because I'm the visitor speaker, Right? So I get to speak about money for just a second. We're going to look at kind of categorically different things that God wants to challenge and have your life be an offering before Him in 2012 if it's going to be the best spiritual year of your life. As people who get that, people who get that making a contribution, that giving a tithe, that giving money to the church is an offering, and this is money that I'm giving to God, get it. There's a freedom that they have 
when people, here's a hiccup, when people have a hard time giving money to the church because they have to think about whether or not that is an organization that they support and they like the decisions being made in that church and they think whether or not this is something that I want to church or, that I want to support or not support, when it is not an offering to God, then you're going to have a problem in giving and supporting the church because you're not giving it to vintage. You're not giving it to the church. You're giving it to God. And when you give, give it to God, then your heart is in the right place because it's not a matter of, okay, well, did they do this or do that? Otherwise, and I've seen this unfortunately take place, people begin to vote with their finances. So as the Lord is inviting you, won't you give your life as an offering? Then that means in every category. That means in finances. And I'm going to get over finances in a second. For those of you who don't want to hear me talk about finances. But in every category of your life, what are the things that He's inviting you to have change about in your life in 2012? We've already recognized that it is going to require an awareness, a plan, and some community if it's going to be a lasting change. How many of you in here are parents? We are as well. Obviously, you already heard me say that. You're a parent. You may look at your kids and you say, okay, this is a great opportunity. I want to see some change in my kids. I want to be a better parent. You know, that's the stewardship piece that you have. How, you know, what are the things that I'm responsible for in raising up these children? And what changes need to take place in 2012 that you're just not doing the same thing as a parent that you've done in 2011? What are the opportunities? What are the things that God has in store? What are the things that God wants to invite you to in raising up your child to be a child who worships God in spirit and truth? That everything about this child is growing up in a house that knows that we love Jesus and that everything that we're about is to glorify and honor and worship Him. Brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. What if, what if Vintage was never intended to just be another church in the Atlanta area, another place that people came on Sunday mornings? What if, what if God intends for this in some way to be a movement. What if this is not just a place that we come? This is not just a place that we come and we enter into worship on Sunday. What if this was a movement that God wanted to bring about in the Ackworth, Dallas area? What if God wanted to use you, a group of people, His body, to bring about a transformation in a local elementary school? What if this wasn't about you and what you like about churches, but that you came and you gave your life as an offering into His body to be one of the stones used in building the church? What if 2012 was just the start of what God truly intends for vintage to fully be? I'll tell you this, if that's going to take place, it can't just be Steve and Randall and the leaders, the few leaders in the church being the body. It's going to take every one of you that are a part of this body 
choosing and desiring to live your life as an offering. I'm going to read a scripture to you. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to read verse 1 through 5 and then 9, 10, and 11. 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 through 5. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave this spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to Him, the living stone rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And we skip to verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into wonderful light. Let me repeat that. You are a priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness. What is this worship that He's calling us to? That we declare God's praises in all the different areas, and all the different categories. Parent, as a leader, as an employee, as whatever the case may be. In each different category, in each different hat that you wear in your life, are you living as an offering to God. Let's kind of trace this back to uh, its first problem. If you, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me quickly to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, you all know the story. The snake comes to Eve. Let me just read it. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animals the Lord had, had made. He said to the woman... Did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat of the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of, the, eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw, three things here, that the fruit of the tree was good food, pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. You know, it's the same temptation that you and I have. It's the same hurdle that you and I have that keep us from having 2012 be the best spiritual year of our life. That same hurdle is the issue and the tool that the serpent used against Eve. It's this invitation of self. When self has to have a say in what the plan is, then there is going to be a problem in everything else. And in every category of our life, God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, desires to be enthroned and desires for us to live a life of a spiritual offering to Him, a spiritual act of worship, by enthroning Him in every scenario, in every situation of our life. And the enemy wants us to continually be caught up in self being in charge. And in every category of our life, this is the opportunity before you. 
In every category of your life, if you have accountability, if you have community coming around you and inviting you as you live to grow and to be a spiritual offering before God, and you recognize these categories that, you know what, I really have a plan for where my kids are going to, what my kids are going to be and what they're going to do and everything else. I really have an issue with control. I really have an issue with this. I really realize, you know, I'm giving, you know, because of this. I realize that I'm holding back because of this. I realize that it's me who's really making all these decisions. What if my life was transformed into a spiritual life where I was but a passenger in the car and I was inviting Christ, the Holy Spirit, to live His life? through me, that I was literally living each day of 2012 saying, Jesus, daily, I want to come and bear my cross of dying to myself that you can come live through me. Now, that may not sound like a very inviting challenge, but that's what the opportunity for a New Year's resolution of 2012 to be the best spiritual year of your life looks like. Because it will not be the best spiritual year of your life so long as self is at the helm. Anybody else have self try to take the helm? Anybody else have self try to keep one cheek on that throne of your life? Or try to say, you know, well, I think I know what would be best here, so let me use reason, logic, and intellect and decide what I think the best thing would be here rather than to offer my body as a living sacrifice. Jesus, I love you. And I know that you know all things. I know that you are the God of all creation. I know that you have great plans for my life. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind conceived the things that you have in store for those who love you. And you invite me to love you because you invite me to live my life as an offering before you where I am not in control, but I choose daily to give over the authorship and the plans of my life to you. And I ask you, won't you please come take the helm? I love you and I want you to be in charge. Help me not be in charge. Bring brothers and sisters alongside of me to help me become aware of where I take charge and push you out of the way. And friends, I'm going to tell you, if any one of you in here is willing to step up to that challenge, then you will be a stone in the house that Jesus is building. And that stone is called the church. It's not just vintage. It is the church. And no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind conceived how great these things are for those who lovingly give themselves to be the church. Church is not this building. Church is not the building down the street with the big steeple. You are the church. And as you give your life, Scripture calls this consecration. As you consecrate your life, as you give yourself to be a vessel of God used for His purposes daily, you will imagine and you will see things take place in 2012 that you cannot conceive today on January 1st. Think back to last year, January 1st, 2011. Could you imagine what you were going to experience in 2011, and all your plans and all your ideas for 2011, how many of those that you had on, on January 1st, how many of those did you watch fully realized in 2011? 
Did you have plans? Did you envision what 2011 could look like? Absolutely. You probably did. We all do. We all imagine what this could look like. But after you look back on it, how many of those things really took place? Probably for most of us, very few. Yet we continue planning. But here you are in 2012. And with this resolution, this resolution is within the hands of God who is almighty, who is all-powerful, who is everywhere all the time, and who loves you with an unconditional love and is excited, ears perked up, eyebrows raised, ready to meet you in this challenge to have 2012 be the best life. Because the invitation that He has for you that we can't understand is an invitation to love in deeper and greater ways. And friends, as we begin to receive and His love begins to flow through us and be a reflection into our community, into the elementary school, into Costa Rica, into India, into Scotland, wherever it is that His love leads you or takes you or has you be a reflection of ministry to others. You will see the kingdom of God come and lives transformed before your very eyes. And then when you come to worship on Sundays and you sing songs, it's not just coming and singing songs as though that was the first time this week that you've done that. It was coming and singing those songs as a praise to God. As we saw in, in, in 1 Peter like newborn babies, pure, oh, excuse me, um, once you were not a people, but now you are a people. I can't find my place. God said that you may declare praises to Him, that when you come and you sing these songs, that you are not just coming and worshiping, that you are coming and declaring praise, glorifying Him for all the wonderful deeds and all the wonderful things that He's invited you to take place in throughout that week. That you're looking back on that conversation that you had with Joey in fifth grade as you helped him with his math homework and you got to share about how much God loves him and you just, you're offering songs of praise to God for the unfathomable things that He led you to. What if this wasn't just another January 1? What if this was you bringing your will to the table, maybe as never before, to live your life as an offering. Not coming weekly to make a contribution, but you were living your life daily as an offering before God. Friends, that's the invitation that Christ is interested in, in your heart. That's the challenge that I believe that He is inviting you to. Because as you choose to do that, you choose to join His movement of the church. And you choose to have this place fully transformed to be the church. Because the church can't be Steve and Randall and the handful of leaders. The church is made up of you being that stone and that stone is dependent on you living your life as an offering before God. What are you willing to offer? Let me, give you one, let me tell you one story of my life where I felt like an offering was being made. My wife and I felt led to, uh, to go to South Africa as missionaries. And, uh, and Steve knew this dog of mine. He was telling a story about my dog, Daisy, last night. 
and Daisy was a black lab that I had. Um, I trained her as a professional hunting dog and, and all this. And so, you know, I worked with this dog a lot. I invested a lot into this dog. And this is a really silly story that I'm going to tell you. But we were about to leave to go to South Africa as missionaries. And um, obviously Daisy couldn't go with us. So I had to give Daisy away to a family. And I, thankfully, long story short, have friends, friends who were looking to take in a dog. And so I pulled out of my parents' driveway. This is a week or so before we're leaving to go to Africa. I pulled out of my parents' driveway at the time they were living in Athens, Georgia, the promised land, and um, to drive to Birmingham to, uh, to give Daisy away. And Daisy had been this, this confidant of mine, Right? She's a dog, for heaven's sakes. But I started crying like a baby. You know, I don't know why, but if you have dogs, you probably get some of that somewhere. And I was connected to this dog. And I pull out of my parents' driveway, and I put on this Rita Springer song, and she's just singing, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. All the things that we go through in this life, when we get to heaven, we're going to look back and say, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. I am just boo-hooing, crying in the car by myself. And I just asked the Lord as I pulled out of the driveway, Lord, I can't hardly see the road. Lord, won't you receive this as an offering? Won't you receive, won't you receive this as an offering? And I'm going to tell you, I truly believe that that moment will last for eternity. I truly believe that the Lord takes our moments of worship and makes them as a deposit in the kingdom of heaven that lasts forever. The Lord has numerous opportunities for you to give up your will and to make an offering before Him, saying, I choose you. Won't you you allow this choice to be an offering to you? Because as you choose to live as an offering, as you choose to get out of the throne seat of your life, and invite the Lord to say, I am but a vessel. I am but a passenger. Won't you take the helm? Won't you lead me and guide me through this process of a decision that has to be made? Won't you lead me and guide me today, daily? What is it, Lord, that you want to redeem my life? What is it, Lord, that you want to bring about? What is it, Lord, that you want to take charge of? Friends, you will experience a life that you cannot comprehend today. But you'll sit on this day a year from now and look back at 2012 and with tears singing songs of joy for the transformed lives and the things that you've witnessed God do over 2012 simply because you were willing to give up your will. Let's pray.